Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Hold Up the Book. I want to start a series today, a podcast about how to teach an effective class for adults at your church. And um, I think this is just one of those topics that's really, really important. And sadly, I think it's one of those topics that is intensely overlooked. Um, I, I just know that so many of us have groaned our way through lackluster Bible classes. And so I want to give some advice here on just how to make that a better thing, just how to make those work a whole lot better for a lot more people. So let me just kind of start off with a thought question for you, the listener, and ask you this. What do you think is the most important thing to make a great adult Bible class study? So whatever's going through your head right now, um, it might be it might be discussion is one of the key components to that. It might be making sure that people give their feedback or the opportunity to hear others' perspectives and their ideas. Um, it might be that everybody gets a chance to talk, and that's what makes Bible class work well, or that there's a conversation between a teacher and the students. It might be any of those things that contribute to making a, a Bible class go from good to great. However, however, I think that probably the most important thing is, number one, understanding the Word of God, and number two, having discussion that is focused on the Word of God. So I did a little Facebook survey, very informal, just crowdsourcing information a handful of years ago. I'm not even on Facebook anymore, so you know this has been a little while. But I just posted, what do you think is the thing that takes a Bible class from good to great? And in the comments, I got close to 40 responses. And what was really interesting to me about that was not a single person said anything about fresh insight into the Word or showing us how the Word is relevant to our lives or deep teaching or hearing the voice of the Spirit of God through His Word. The only thing that those mostly 40 comments talked about was discussion. If it's going to be a great Bible class, it's got to have discussion. And frankly, I just don't think that's good enough. Because I have been in discussions where the discussion went in a lot of circles and very little was done to teach the Word of God. And I just don't think that discussion is going to be the way to make a Bible class the great thing that it really could be. And I fully realize, I totally understand that that makes me sound a bit crotchety about Bible classes right out of the gate. But, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's just one of those times. It's just one of those things, rather, that it, it's got to be more to it than that. We have to think about grander purposes than just a good talk, a good talk between a bunch of buddies. Like, there's got to be something a lot more significant about it than that if it's going to go from good to great. Um, and um, and I, I don't know. I struggle with this because I don't really, I really don't like to sound crotchety, um, but I am a bit about Bible classes because I think there's such a golden opportunity to teach what God and His Word are are meant to teach us, and and like the Bible is just such a rich well, such a deep well of knowledge and beauty and goodness and and truth and. If we waste that golden opportunity, that's on us. And I just really hate to see it when that happens. And so 
I have some I have some opinions about this, but more than that, I have some things that I think could help all of us to do a better job with it. Uh, those of us who either it is our job to teach Bible classes, which is the case with me and other preachers, or just those of you that are part of your church and you want to see your Bible classes turn in a better direction for adults, I just have some advice for you that I think can help us to do that. So, um, let me let me ask another question here to kind of turn the turn the discussion in a direction that, to talk about why Bible classes matter so much. Okay, so kind of pivoting here, why is it that they matter so much? Um, here's the question: Do you think that the Bible has the power to change us? and make us all that God intends us to be. Like the Bible itself, do we think that it has the power to change us and make us what we should be? And the obvious answer there is yes. But put another way, do you think that the Bible is relevant or that we need to make the Bible relevant? And I I don't know what kind of answers we would get if we open that discussion up in a group um, and a group of Christians, because I'm just not sure how many people actually believe that the Bible is relevant, but it is, and it has the power to change us. And I think that our Bible classes in our congregations for, again, like established churches, but even those that are just beginning, you know, that are planted churches, fledgling churches, I think that our Bible classes are the place where that life-changing word that is relevant to our lives is shown to connect with our lives. I know you're always trying to do that in a sermon. I know that's the goal of a sermon as well, but but there's something special about the opportunity to do that in a Bible class. Um, my opinion, take it for what it's worth, but you're listening to my podcast, so here you are. My opinion is that Bible classes are the engine of discipleship in your church. I think also probably second secondary to that is your um, like in-home personal studies that are that are being done by the members, but that's not going to be everybody's thing. Not everybody's going to be doing that. And but Bible classes is something that we hope more and more people are continually seeing the value in that and participating in it and getting involved in it. And so with that being the case, I think those classes are the real engine of discipleship in any congregation. Um, you look at how many times through the Psalms and, um, and just others of the writings in the, in the Old Testament, you look at how many different places where God's people are, are talking about meditating or they're told to read and reread the word, um, or like the classic one from, uh, Nehemiah where Ezra reads from the law and then the other men around him give the sense of what's being said. All of those are places where it just shows the importance of knowing the word and that being a key component of discipleship. And maybe it's because I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. But my experience has been that sermons are not going to accomplish that in the same way that Bible classes are. I, I don't know what the quantifiable difference is between the two, but there is something missing when Bible classes either aren't there, aren't attended, or aren't good. But when they are good, and when they are done thoughtfully and with planning and passion and expectation of excellence and a good vision for how good this can be, then they actually do good in the lives of the church. And when you expect that, it happens. 
When you put trust in God that he will talk through his word and he will talk to us and he will make things happen in us that are good and holy and righteous, then you can expect those Bible classes to be engaging and you'll see a church who are are much more likely to be obedient to God in their everyday lives and who do that because they have a sincere love for the word. Okay, So all of this matters a great deal if we take the time to invest in it. So... How, how can you teach a better Bible class? Let me start with giving you about five or six pieces of advice for today, and then uh, we'll save some of the rest for the next episode. But here's the first five or six pieces of advice. If you're going to be teaching, this is something. these are some things that you can do to make your classes so much better. Number one, if you're teaching a text, which I think is the better way to do Bible classes the most of the time, okay? Not... Not all the time, but most of the time. This is the better way to do it. If you're going to be teaching a text from the Scriptures, read that text at least three times all the way through. There is no substitute for reading the text. My experience has been that so many of us go to the commentaries first and then the text second, and we read the parts of the text that the commentaries tell us we should be teaching. And that's not the right way to do it. You've got to start with reading the text. And the more you read it, the more you meditate on it, the more it sinks into your mind, the better equipped you'll be to give actual insight into that text. And the more you're going to like it, which is a huge, it's, it's a huge blessing to your class because your people who are listening to you, they can tell when you like the text. They can tell when you're excited. Even if you're not a gregarious personality, they can tell when you care about what you've learned. And so make sure that you read it again and again and again so that the concepts sink in, so that you can articulate those concepts well, and so that people can see that you have learned something and enjoyed it. There is no substitute for reading the text of Scripture when you're going to teach the text of Scripture. Okay, that's number one. Read it again and again and again to get ready to start teaching it. Second thing, how to prepare to teach a Bible class. You need to know more than you will be able to teach. Okay, Your Bible class study, your prep study, should be what Charles Swindoll calls digging. It's hard work, and you are going to dig deeper in that time of preparation than anyone else will go with you in the class. You will never be able, you should never be able, to exhaust what you know in teaching a class. You should have way more knowledge ready to go than you're able to cram into the time. Okay. Charles Swindoll, again, same book. It, it's a book called Saying It Well. Uh, easy enough to find on audiobook, Kindle, and uh, hardback. Um, but in that book, he says you should dig until you are an expert. It doesn't mean that you are the most expert of all the experts in the room, but it does mean that you have all the tools you need to confidently speak as an expert among other experts who may be in that room. So know more than what you need to in order to teach an effective class. If you're able to present everything that you can possibly think of on this topic or this text, you need to go do some more digging. You need to know more than what's required in order to teach an effective class. Okay. Second or third piece of advice here, sorry. Third piece, teach less than what you know. When somebody comes up to you after class and they say, you know that that thing you said, it made me think of this other thing. 
you know, and, I, and I, why didn't you include this? You could have said this. This would have been a good thing to throw in there. But that thing you said, that made me think of this other thing in the Bible too. I think you should take that as a really good sign for the fact that you did a good job opening the doors and leaving them open for people to think more about the Word of God. Because yes, you could have taken more time and you could have put in more information and you could have said what they think you could have said, but you should teach less than what you know and you should leave the doors open when you can for people's minds to go to the next thing with what you're saying. Okay, So know more than you need to. That's advice. That's piece of advice number two. And teach less than you know. That's piece of advice number three. Okay. Uh, number four, force yourself into deep study books. I don't think that you should do that because you're trying to impress people with what you have found in all of your deep study. It's not about impressing anybody. But you should do the deep study, even if it's not the things you end up talking about, because in the, in the grand scheme, it will strengthen the backlog of knowledge that you're bringing into that discussion. So that if something comes up that wasn't exactly on your roadmap for what we're going to be covering in this session, that at least you have a backlog of deeper knowledge that you can go and think about what they've said and you can possibly give a little bit more educated answer on that. Again, it's not to impress them, but it's to help them. If somebody has a genuine question or a genuine struggle understanding something, the deeper your knowledge well is, the better you be, the better equipped you'll be to explain things in a way that are helpful th for them. Okay. Um, okay. And then, uh, what is this now? Number five. Yeah. Number five piece of advice in your prep work, think far enough ahead that you allow yourself time to sit and think on the material that you have ready to go. So the first step was read the text again and again and again. The second step is, and, and really, I guess the way to solidify that is allow yourself time to think about what you've read. This is every, anytime that you find the word meditation in the Bible, this is what it's talking about. It has nothing at all to do with any kind of Eastern mysticism, but it does have to do with just taking the time to dwell on what you've read and seen and studied and observed and, and finding the insights that are most helpful in all the information that's there. Okay. Um, if you, um, if you want to make time to go for a long walk, uh, one of the podcasters that I like to listen to, uh, anytime a hard question, a hard Bible question comes up, he always answers with, huh, that's a good one for a cup of tea and a long walk. And I don't know, I guess he drinks tea while he's walking. I would not do that, but that's, you know, if it works for him, if it's his way of getting out and thinking about deep things, then sure, let that happen. If that's your method, great. If you don't have a method, then you need to make sure that you allow the time for the method to develop because this process of thinking through the things of God and meditating day and night on his, on his word and what he says is so crucially important. If you're going to be a guide to help other saints know what God is saying that affects their lives. Okay. So make the time, uh, make the time that you need to in order to do that. Um, and then, Allow yourself as well plenty of time to write down the insights that are the most helpful or those that are the most difficult for you. In either case, having it written down helps you to sort through the words and be able to say things in just the right way, and that'll make a huge difference in your presentations as well as it'll make a huge difference in the confidence that you have in going into that presentation, you know, that you, you are sure you're saying this the right way, at least for right now. 
and um, and then that's that's about the best that any of us can do on any given day because of our natural human limitations. But at the very least, we should try, and we should try to our best to do what God is, uh, or to represent God's word and the insights into it in a faithful way. All right, so just a quick review. Read the text again and again. Know more than you need to. Teach less than what you know. Force yourself to wrestle with the harder concepts. Force yourself into deep study. Um, allow yourself time to sit and think and meditate on the material before you have to teach it. And then if, write things down to help clarify your thoughts about what you're going to be saying uh, so that you make sure to get it across in a healthy way. I think that's probably enough for one day for us to chew on. We'll come back next time with a few more pieces of advice on making our Bible classes great. And in the meantime, I hope that you can uh, find ways to hold up the book and that you can be a blessing to the people that hear you speak about the great oracles of God. Have a great day.